Episode 41, Napoleon. I think a good place to start with this movie is the outrage. Okay, go on. I have looked at a few different articles. There's a massive different opinion. And an article suggested that it doesn't matter if this film was historically inaccurate. It's a Ridley Scott film, not a documentary. Right. And on the other hand, the New York Times wrote... Uh, from a publication called uh, Liberation in France um, that all of France is offended by this movie. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> um, which is, is quite a concern. Um, and furthermore, I went into the Liberation publication and their headline for this article or this movie was Le Clash de l'Empereur, which... Can't be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was looking forward to this. Oh, yeah, it's probably six months. I don't know when I first saw, like, the teasers, but, um, yeah, I, I was looking forward to it when I first saw the teasers. I mean, Napoleon is such an interesting character. Yeah. Uh, he's so divisive and controversial and influential. Like, he's huge in the way that Oppenheimer was, but, like, I mean, bigger, ultimately. Yeah. Um... But you know, like Nolan made a really interesting biopic. Ridley Scott, I mean, what was this? Downton Abbey? <laughs> like, like ah, okay. it's just really underwhelming. Right. It's just really underwhelming every part of this movie. Um, and I think I'm done with Joaquin Phoenix. Okay, so is this another vehicle to try and get him an Academy Award, do you think? I don't think Joaquin Phoenix has ever taken a role that's not Oscar bait. Okay. I don't think he's ever I don't think he picks roles because he likes the movie. I think he picks roles to further his career. Okay. I think he or, or it, maybe all actors do that. I don't know. Like, it just seems transparent with him. I mean, who else is going to play Napoleon? He's the Napoleon of Hollywood. Yeah. He's he's yeah. Like the ego is too convincing. He plays Napoleon almost too well in that regard because the ego is there he's present he's playing himself I genuinely think this is Joaquin Phoenix playing himself do you know what I mean like, I'm being really it critical. felt extremely convincing like no. as a as, as a you know the character traits yeah but I don't want that to sound like I'm complimenting his performance right because it wasn't Napoleon at all or I don't know I mean I don't know I wasn't like I didn't feel like I was watching Napoleon I didn't feel like I was getting to know Napoleon or like like getting taught about this character I feel like I was just watching Joaquin Phoenix be himself I like I don't know the guy like, but he's just given me the impression you know like he's an actor that takes himself so fucking seriously mm. so have a bit of fun man like do some of everything's like got to be almost Shakespearean and in, 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 you know like prestige and mm. power and like delivery and I, I don't know I just it just annoyed me so there is a lot of well, there's quite a bit of different opinions. Some people call this a masterpiece. Um, however, looking at uh, the Rotten Tomatoes review, actually, the the consensus is bang average movie. Yeah. Um, now, for me, this was a movie that I, I earmarked. I mean, you do, if you're doing trailers in February, mm. you've got to impress when it mm. comes out in November. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did like this for about an hour and a half. I, I was kind of swept in the... I, I really I really like history. I enjoy learning about history. So I, I got swept away with 
the setting and the scene for, for a good hour and a half of this movie and then I just felt for the last hour I just kind of yeah I felt stuck something to me didn't feel quite right and and it might be that there are I don't know it, it was again massively massively focused on more so Phoenix than actually the the, the era the actual Napoleon himself the actions that he kind of Oh, the the impact of his actions on history, um, I feel like that that was coming through in the first half of the movie, and then I just I don't know maybe things felt a bit lost for me. At, yeah. Um, a certain point. I know what you mean. There's point. something about this film that just that just felt more whacking Phoenix than it did Napoleon. Mm. It's really hard to like put my finger on exactly what I mean by it, or exactly what that is. Like explain what I mean by that. I, I guess you, know, you think of the Joker, and it's the same thing. Like. He's making a character, he's making an established character his own, mm. so he can be like, "Look at me." You know, mm. it's, it's this sort of like rustling his feathers vibe all the time. Isn't it? The thing as well, like the Battle of Waterloo, is is the thing that everyone would remember in history, specifically about Napoleon. Right? Napoleon. Well, yeah. If, if you were gonna, if the, if there was a quiz on Napoleon, and it was like family fortunes, I feel like Waterloo would be the top answer, right? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So. It got like a 15, 20 minute segment near the end of the film, mm. and and I'm not sure that would probably resonate quite like well. 15, 20 minutes. But yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, mean. like, and, and I appreciate this film wasn't about, like, you know, necessarily the wars that he's won and stuff like that, but it, it did kind of become like that. It was well, all these strategic decisions. I mean, maybe along that the was way. the problem. Like, it didn't really know what, what it was trying what to do. What it focus wanted to be, on. yeah. Like, it, how you, it's a biopic that. I don't know, it just felt a little bit too disjointed. There was too much disconnect between Napoleon at war and Napoleon at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the, the, the scenes cut too drastically from like, right, he's in Russia to, okay, now he's back in wherever in France, back Paris or whatever. And then Egypt. With, I was going to ask yeah. you about, I would, it was noticeable actually through this film. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like this location and then, oh, one thing every time like in every scene I was like how long has it been since the last scene yeah 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 yeah. Do you see yeah, what yeah, I mean yeah. the the jumps the temporal gaps between every scene yeah like the, the shifts in time were crazy I was speaking to somebody about it earlier um, and they asked me oh did you see him get captured what happens after Waterloo and I was like well the battle ends and he's defeated and then it jumps to hit, uh, Napoleon aboard a ship in uh, Portsmouth, presumably captured, and she was like, "Well, how did it? How, how did he get there? You know, like how did?" It, and I was like, "Well, I can't answer you." <laughs> you so tell me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't know. Like it, it felt like Scott was. I mean, okay, Napoleon had a long life and did a, a lot, right? Mm. Like you can't. It's a, it's a ambitious, like focus, isn't it? Napoleon in a movie. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's ambitious, but like I felt like he skipped over so much. Yeah, it was like he cr- tried to cram everything in. I'd rather have focused. Napoleon during one period. Make a battle. Uh, sorry, make a movie on Waterloo. Mm. Make a movie on his invasion of Russia. I, um, mm. I don't know. I, lo- I, don't, I don't know how you fix yeah. this. Yeah. So, so the pinnacle of the movie for me was was his strategic decision on the ice, right? So right, yeah. that that battle um, against Austria and Russia, I felt was in the in this movie in particular. I thought that let's say 20, 30 minutes was absolutely superb. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of fine detail. There was the uh, Morse code with the lanterns. 
Yeah. Um, like everything felt like you were there at the time and it was really tense and 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 it was amazing. That like that's yeah, obviously yeah, the yeah, brilliance yeah, of, of the man. Yeah. Um and, and I do feel there was that was dotted in, in segments early on in this film and I do just seem to feel like it, it ended up getting lost. I mean Waterloo is good. Waterloo is probably the most like detailed battle scene. Yeah, one so one of the biggest things that where I noticed how long has it been is when um Napoleon and, and, and Josephine divorce, she arrives at this house that she's been given um, in, yeah. in the divorce. Yeah. He arrives in the next scene. Yeah. It must have been months. Yeah, yeah, between yeah. Between yeah, yeah, that yeah. period. No, they put nothing between those and, two and scenes. Not even, not even like a cut. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, it was just like he's there the ne- yeah. and then in the very next second. And that, that ended up being a little bit jarring for me. And, and I guess it comes down to the fact of, like you say, you, you, the the stories you prefer are, are, are produced in a very short period of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I bet you could have picked one of those twenty scenes that were done, mm. condensed it into a movie, and you would have got all the characteristics of Napoleon through it. If yeah, you'd studied the character. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, another uh, potential fix is going down the Chris Nolan route, and I mean, we actually criticised Chris Nolan. So you're an advocate for Chris Nolan. Exactly, <laughs> crazy, isn't it? Like, come come full circle here. Like, we criticised Chris Nolan when, like, after Oppenheimer, a little bit for the the sort of disjointed way he told the story by jumping around in narrative. Um, you know, black and white scenes, scenes of color, scenes that are in. Um, in a you know in a flashbacks and see yeah, it flashbacks, sort of jumped yeah. jumped around in in uh, time space, um, and we criticised them for that. But I think that was coming from a place of like, well, this is typical of Nolan. This is just his style, and it's kind of tiresome. However, in this case, I feel like that approach would have suited Napoleon. Mm. Like, cut around a little bit. Give us a difference in the man. Give us a difference in his, in his appearance. Give mm. us a difference in his character. I don't know show some kind of arc. I mean, all right, I don't care if it's not there. Scott's focus is clearly not historical accuracy. Mm. So, like, put it in. Take a bit of artistic license. Have a character arc. Show us a different Napoleon during the Russian campaign to, to the, you know, the young French commander in the early, or whatever. Yeah, or show us a different command, uh, guy at Waterloo, completely egotistical and, like, out of control. Not out of control, you know what I mean? Like, just just... Hubristic. The contrast, yeah. Yeah. To actually like the, the the younger Napoleon who's successful and measured and you know, you could have done that. And like mess with the scenes, cut around. Give us scenes in early in his career and then cut to him in his Russian campaign writing a letter to Josephine. Mm. Before you know, like I think you could have messed with the uh the chronology of events and that would have I don't know, maybe been more powerful. Yeah. It felt like a rushed like a you know scenes just rushing through Napoleon's life in, chronolo- in chronological order, just trying to get to the end. It was filmed in sixty-one days. Well, that there you go. That that really came across. Um, so Ridley Scott is apparently famous for having eight to eleven cameras per scene. So I'm assuming that's at the, with the aim of efficiency, right? Um, and 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 Vanessa Kirby, who played Josephine in this movie, was was kind of reporting on how intense and and scary it all was because it was happening so quickly. And she's very impressed with how quick everything happened. Like filming a spectacle like that in sixty one days is impressive, but mm. also when you when you see the finished article, not surprising. 
I mean, it's um, like, yeah. It's but like the random paint, cuts all over, you know. I painted this picture in 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I painted yeah. this portrait in, in 10 seconds. Like, <laughs> and, and, and then when he, you know, he's traveling to Egypt, I'm just like, it must be really easy to get to these places back then. <laughs> like with yeah. no trials and tribulations just like yeah but Egypt <laughs> <laughs> I mean I understand skipping over like the, the boring like less important parts of the story I'm not an advocate I bet like 20 people died trip. on that trip to Egypt more, well more than 20 people have died on that trip to Egypt I mean the biggest thing for me was how brushed over the, the Russian campaign was you get the battle on the ice with the Prussian army yeah. and then it's like right I'm, we're going to press on past Moscow to St. Petersburg and, the, and his advisor's like, that's going to take us into Russian winter. And then you literally get a fucking montage scene <laughs> of people running <laughs> around in the snow. <laughs> yeah. And then he's back in Paris getting sacked. And that was, and that was, that was the focus that really Scott and, decided to and, do and the Russian And also, company. that was supposed to be his, his like, one of his first major downfalls. I mean, it's his major one. Like and if it's his major downfall, it was it was just scooted over. Yeah, and it's a historic. Uh, it's such an enormous. He's exiled for it. Yeah, well, addition, right? It's one of the biggest things that happened in that century. Is there's only two times in, in the history of the planet that Russia has faced an attempted invasion: Napoleon and Hitler. Mm. And like the, the the comparisons between the two men and their, the approach. Uh, or the, the comparisons between their characters are almost drawn out of the decisions they made on those campaigns. Right. It's such like that's the fo- I mean that's the midpoint. That's mm. the center of Act Two for Napoleon's life. Mm. And it was like just, just montaged. Mm. <laughs> it's like right. Oh, okay, the cold look. The die. Yeah, 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 yeah. But and, and then click. He's yeah. back in Paris getting the sack. Yeah. <laughs> like, so so out. so when things like that happen, it comes across that. Well, it's got to be one of a, f- a few things. The research wasn't done to understand how important that was, or there's a fear that it, you'll get it wrong. You know, you'll get the depiction wrong. I, I feel like it can only be one of those. Two. You're either well, three. You're either ignorant to it. Yeah. You haven't done the research to understand how important it is, or you're scared you'll get you'll do it wrong. I can't mm. think of it of another reason why you would scoot, scoot over something like that something so important and 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 this is this film is getting so much criticism from like the historians well yeah i mean oh, like an unbelievable amount yeah they're even taken to tiktok apparently yeah i mean it is i mean i don't know that much about napoleon i'm no historian but i mean one uh, one sorry one thing that i'll praise this movie for is it did make me want to to go and understand read more about yeah him. but then the thing is that's almost a given that's not that's not uh to the credit of Ridley Scott or Joaquin Phoenix, that's to the credit, unfortunately, of Napoleon. <laughs> like, yeah. That story was already there. If you'd come round and been like, oh yeah, you heard about this Napoleon guy and told me you know, the bullet points, I'd be like, that's interesting, I'll go and read a book. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't yeah. need the movie. Yeah. Um, and that's the same with Oppenheimer, I guess. So like, you, can't, you want a brought-to-life modern spectacle to like, engage with that character and be taught a bit about the history. And it just didn't succeed in doing that. So in my head, I feel like maybe it's not that that it was not ignorance or uh, fear. I mean, obviously the movie's ambitious. I don't think that Scott was scared of doing that. I think it's just American, unfortunately. I think this is kind of what you get. I mean, maybe at the risk of uh, of insulting a lot of listeners here, but um, I think this is what you get when an American tries to uh, tries to portray Europe, a European history. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or Ridley Scott does anyway. Well, that, well that's interesting. So. 
according to the New York Times <laughs> and 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 uh, that uh, the French publication, all of France is pretty basically offended by this depiction because of the historical inaccuracies. Yeah. Because of the inaccuracies in displaying his personality and his character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is there? A re- I think we have discussed this before, but what is the responsibility? of a creator of art like film or, or media to, to get things right especially when it comes to world leader you know this is a world leader yeah you know, that the fret like let's let's say according to these articles that people in France have seen this and, f- and feel really aggrieved by it like mm. what what's the responsibility does Ridley Scott have a responsibility or is it just someone creating magic from a story that he's taken like, does he, is he responsible? I think ultimately right. Like, your first... For me, the most important thing when you're making like art like this, you're making art for entertainment, is, is being entertaining. Mm. Um, I was entertained. I wasn't always. Parts. I wasn't always. Uh, I think the, the battle scenes were great, but maybe that's something we can touch on a little bit later. But it, it was disjointed. It was a battle, like a high... Um, adrenaline, I don't want to use that word, you know what I mean? High energy mm-hmm. battle scene. Like, really impressive... Uh, in terms of like the cinematography and the obviously the effort that's gone into them I mean these, these are Game of Thrones level battles aren't they you know yeah. in terms of like the money and the production that must have gone oh, into making these I scenes I tell you what that carried into the in, horse's chest well that was weird that I, was, didn't, I didn't like that that was awful I didn't like that that was a bit of a weird like way of kicking off the movie you know like, that was like the first thing that happened <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be fair I was like is this how it's going to be yeah. like really gory all the way through I mean there was, there was I've never seen that I've never seen that CGI or whatever uh, well, I mean, makeup effect. When, you, what a horse before. getting hit with a cannon! I mean, when would like, you? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm glad to be honest, mate. Like, um, it was weird. You know, the battle scenes were great, and obviously, like the CGI and the and the production that's gone into them was impressive. I mean, I liked the the, the cannonballs going through the ice and like the shots under the water. I mean, like that was cool. Um, and Waterloo as well, but then you you've got like these sort of like down moments of him back in Paris, like whining on to Josephine, and like I switched off almost all the time. Right, I, like, okay. I, I don't care. Like, what was the difference from one of those scenes to another? Like, I got absolutely no effect when Josephine died. In fact, what take Josephine out of this movie? What would you lose? Absolutely nothing. Like, well, it, it just well, well there's a there's like a thing, isn't there? That obviously. She was like, he's in, well, he's in Yeah, but you, could, have done, but you could have But take her out of the movie, have her in, you know, you've got the, the monologue over the top of travelling scenes and whatever when he's, write, when he's writing to her. Dear Josephine, that's how you do his internal monologue. Mm. Re, have his letters read out while, he's, while, he's, while they're travelling, while stuff's going on, I don't know. Like, that's present. She's there as a character, she's not there physically. And you can actually have all the newspaper articles about Josephine cheating. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like, without that character, without the, seeing the, 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 you know, that sense of mystery is prob- yeah. would probably actually enhance. Because every scene with Josephine was like Shakespearean, wasn't it? You know, the two of them, you know, like delivering all these heartfelt impassioned lines and it just it was just over the top it was too on the nose and it was too try hard which is everything I'd criticise fucking Phoenix for to be honest anyway to come back to your question like what responsibility does the director have or does the writer have to be historically accurate it's, it's first of all you've does got does it change based on the subject yeah of course it's a difficult one because first of all you have to be entertaining so you can't. So you have to make sacrifices in the history, or, or or alter the story, or you have to you have to portray details that perhaps didn't happen to be entertaining. And that's so that like that has to be there. There is an element of artistic license, but there's also there's a line somewhere, isn't there? And if you cross it, 
you lose the right to even title your movie Napoleon or Oppenheimer mm. because you're not telling the true story of this character, um, or you're basing it, you know, too loosely upon it for it to be for it to justify the title of a biopic, calling it or naming it after the focus. Mm. Um, so it, it is a really difficult one. I mean, I don't think you have the responsibility to not piss off a nation. Yeah, but. I think you have a responsibility to be true to who that character was, and I don't think Ridley Scott has done that. Mm. I uh, think he will, he'll be asked. Well, Napoleon is a divisive character within France. Mm. The French don't know how to feel about him, as far as I'm aware. The French don't really know, like they don't agree. You know, is he sort of? I mean, in a way, there's a pro, there's a national pride. He was a great man. He did conquer most of the world, or whatever. He was like you know the things that he achieved are, in, are incredible, but also he was definitely a tyrant. He was definitely an egomaniac like it's like you know there's there's a bit of national pride but there's also a little bit of shame that this this tyrant kind of this stain on Europe sort of was allowed to wreak havoc for so long I mean he's a divisive character I think you I think Scott maybe not had the uh, um, responsibility he wasn't obliged to do this but he missed a trick he missed an opportunity to not show this man as very very nuanced as a lot more three-dimensional than Joaquin Phoenix portrayed him as. Mm. Like Oppenheimer, you know, was he a good guy? I don't know, it's kind of hard to tell. And off, off Killian Murphy's uh, performance, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was maybe you too cool, yeah, yeah. you don't know. Still don't know yeah. Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal of Napoleon, the dude's a whiny little twat from the jump, and he is at the end as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, nothing changes. Like, and I asked him, that's just how I feel about Joaquin Phoenix, yeah. But, like, that's how he made me feel about Napoleon. There was no like, oh, I see why this guy was. Why, why was he great? Based off that movie, why was Napoleon so successful? Why did everybody bloody like flock to him? Why uh, was he such a great leader? I th- well, it seems like he was the best uh, strategist of a couple of centuries. Yeah, fair. Which but- which is why people would then flock to him as a you know as a military commander and and obviously his own. He had a personal ambition to be more than just a military grunt, basically. Yeah, but in terms of the military, like angle I get you but like personally so much effort was put into the two scenes that portrayed him as, uh, as insecure and pathetic and not enough was put into actually showing why this dude was great yeah how he was able I, to I, rise I guess I guess they would hope it would come that there's hope it would come across you know because you know back then and and maybe even so you know if you have someone that can win you a war like you're just so powerful so it's almost a given. But that's a his, yeah, but that, that's a, a cop out in terms of writing for yeah. entertainment, though, isn't it? A weird comparison. I don't know why this has come to my head, but like Hamilton, you know, the Broadway musical, yeah. Manuel, uh, Manuel Miranda, and all of them. I mean, okay, it's a fucking long piece, but it's a musical. It's going to be right. It's like I think it's also about three hours. Um, but you get a real sense of Hamilton, the character, changing in that in that production. At the beginning, he's young and he's incredibly talented and he's unstoppable and likable and he's the hero, right? But towards the sort of like middle of the second half, he become you, you start seeing you know, the established power mm. give way to arrogance. Mm. Give, and he sort of almost becomes a little bit dislikable at points because, you know, it's, it's, it's the arc. Where was that for Napoleon? Mm. You didn't get that early part where he was like young and brash and... and talented mm. you didn't really see okay fine you saw the um, it was just impressive you That's saw the nice. military prowess yeah like you saw the, but you, I don't know in his personal life he was just a little dweeb the whole time 
And maybe he was, I don't know. But again, yeah. Scott's focus was not historical accuracy. So why is he not? I don't know. There's just so much more to do. You could have, you like could have made him look, you know, cool and impressive at the start. You could have made this character more interesting. Yeah. yeah. You could have made me like a little bit more conflicted about how I felt about it. Mm. That's what that's what Scott and Joaquin Phoenix could have done. Mm. Uh, and they didn't. It's like a sort of... It's almost like it's a... They've picked a character they knew nothing about from history they picked a history book up and been like this guy's had a cool life we can shoehorn in some pretty cool battle scenes there and this will probably get you an Oscar and they've been like cool let's do it that's what this movie felt like yeah sure what I'm saying very much like the Joker arguably exactly it's like oh that's a character that keeps standing out as you know like a, a really uh, established impressive interesting character that people you know sort of it guarantees viewership and it's hard to play. Mm. It's like it's like I, I can't think of an example of a, uh, a comparison in any other sort of like art right now. But it's mm. it's like you know you you to emulating to trying to be great at something you emulate this particular person. Mm. Every example I'm thinking of is unfortunately also in writing. Do you know what I mean? You know what yeah. I'm getting at. So um, the battle scene. So uh, the a bad battle scene coming to mind is Devil is it Desolation of Smelk The Last <laughs> Hobbit <laughs> where the whole film was war well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah the whole film yeah, was yeah, just yeah. literally two and a half hours of genuine war yeah, and yeah. you're just like where's the st- like there's no story here right? yeah, yeah. it's just battle that's it yeah. um, so that was I would say that's poorly that's a poor example when you were saying that there's, there's good examples of battle in here what's the difference what's the What's the uh, interesting depiction of battle compared to the, you know, you've got one end where it's just like all battle two and a half hours, and in theory that should be really interesting, yeah. But it was just actually really dull and boring, and then you've got periods of battle, um, that, you know, there's different contexts and different settings around them. What you know, what's the, what what was interesting to you about the battles in Napoleon, compared to. Desolation of Spell. Well, you're asking two questions, I think. Like, what one is like what what are you looking for in a battle scene, mm. and one is like it's a pacing conversation. It's a conversation about sort of like the structuring your story and like actually having a kind of pace. What was the second Hobbit called at the middle? Uh, the, we'll think about. What's it. the first one? <laughs> uh, unexpected journey. Yeah. And the second one is, oh, it's gone. And the third one is the desolation of Smoke. I think I didn't mind the second the, one. The journey. The, the awakening. Yeah, I can't remember. Well, it's look, the, the, your criticism of The Desolation of Smog is that the whole movie, there was too much action and not enough story. Mm. There weren't enough down periods. Mm. There are down periods in Napoleon, so the, the pacing was all right. Um, but in terms of what makes a battle seem good, I mean, that's quite a hard question. I feel like, I feel like just doing something new. Um, right. But I mean, this is um, you know I've never thought about this before to be honest. Uh, the Desolation of Smaug and, and the Hobbit and, and all of that kind of stuff, like Lord of the Rings. I mean, they're established. Well, Lord of the Rings is certainly established, isn't it? But like, there's a lot of CGI. There's a lot mm. of I don't know. I think when you're doing a historical battle, every battle's unique. Actually, every historical battle yeah, is unique. You can so you can depict. You should it be able to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas in a fictional you know piece like The Desolation of Smaug it's like imagination it's imagining a battle and it just yeah. felt like it was like pulled from total war <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah like <laughs> total war warhammer bang Chuck there it you in, go like, yeah. there's a two, hour, two and a half hour battle for yeah it. yeah yeah I mean 
I think it depends on the perspective that you tell the, ba- the, the, the battles or you show the battle scene from. Um, I don't think there's enough movies that uh, want to take on the historical sort of narrative, historical battle scene or historical uh, m- moment in history <laughs> and just tell it from like the perspective of a completely random guy. I mean, that would be quite cool. Mm. I think you can do stuff like that, like tell the story of Napoleon, but show, uh, I don't know, Waterloo, for example, just from the perspective of like a random French soldier. He probably could have. He probably should have asked Nolan about doing that, right? Because Dunkirk yeah. was done pretty well. Well, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, but I, mean, or, I, I, I um, a lot of Christmas. Uh, 1917. 1917. That. That's fair. I that was Sean Mendes. Yes. Um, you got. You got. You got. <laughs> no, asked, it, wasn't, no, it, was, it was Sam Mendes. Sam Mendes. Sean Mendes. Sean Mendes is an artist. My <laughs> bad. It was Sam Mendes. Yeah, of course. Um, that's a brilliant example. Because you see, like a battle. I, I don't know if it's the Somme, that, like at the end. I think it might be the Somme, and that, obviously, like he, you get that, that moment, that battle, that yeah. battle scene is from the perspective of someone who's tr- desperately trying to stop it happening. Yeah. And, you know, like, the whole obviously the famous nineteen seventeen shot where he's running towards the camera, like adjacently to to how everyone's like going over the top and charging, and he's like running through the. I mean, that's brilliant. That's mm. great. Like. Um, that that was a brand new take on. I mean, I really I loved that movie, and yeah. it was because of that. It was because of the new sort of. Um, but I think the other thing that's kind of important about uh, battle scenes or war movies, especially we've talked about this before, is that like you got to betray it as horror. You got to betray it as awful. You can't glorify. Mm. Um, and of course, it wasn't in there. It wasn't glorified at all in this. Like Napoleon and all of the uh, the military commanders in this. Um, Wellington, for example, were portrayed as these kind of like egotistical clout chasing sort of like you know mm, the war is mine looking for for martyrism you know yeah. like looking for a place in the history books yeah uh type of type of people uh and the little guy i mean what i actually really liked about the battle scenes particularly in this movie is that ridley scott really made an effort to, to make it look like a chess game between mm. the two military generals yeah it was like, a, you know, right now, now send in the infantry, now flank with the cavalry, whatever, and then you're seeing it happen. Mm. And like sometimes you're seeing it happen from these sort of like bird's eye view shots of like things moving in, like like a chess game, you know, while the uh, the commanders are sort of sitting safely back. Um, I you know, like they they're these characters that want to sit down with their defeated opponent after the battle for you know a glass of burgundy and a meal to like gloat. You know, yeah. I actually really liked Wellington. I really liked his portrayal. I thought his character was cool, and I loved that scene where um, they're looking through the spyglass at uh, Napoleon in his tent, and the British sharpshooter says, "I've got him in my sights. Do I have permission to take the shot?" And Wellington's like, "Absolutely not. So I've got better things to do than shoot at each other." Like, <laughs> it's like yeah, I love that. Like that so perfectly portrays the attitude and the class of that time. Yeah. Like these military generals are like, "No, you're not shooting him. We have manners. Like we have to go to we have to have a battle and lots of people have to die and it's like neither of us will." Like, you know, like <laughs> that's like, you know, it's like <laughs> slapping the face, slapping, you know, your your chess opponent in the face and then like that's their attitude is brilliant. I loved I liked Wellington a lot. I thought that was cool. What about the uh the image of the British in uh in all of this? There was a lot of well, there's one thing we can't agree on and we hate the British. I mean, yeah, historically, that's... True. Yeah. But the, right. Uh, this is a different conversation. I'm, sorry, I'm changing the conversation a little bit. But, like, it's hard to answer that because who was British apart from Wellington? Nobody. No. Yet, 
every character had a British accent. I mean, even fucking Tsar Alexander yeah. was like a British toff, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and to be fair, like, so a couple of these actors are from a lot of the BBC scene. Yeah. <laughs> from like dramas of the why, BBC why, scene. Why is Ridley Scott like cast this movie with an American Napoleon surrounded by British toff advisors? Everyone was British. Because it's Hollywood, from, isn't it? Yeah, but it's just trash. Yeah. Like, usually, you know, okay, you have to standardise the accent, I guess, or you have to standardise the language, of course. But like, I feel like you can't have an American Napoleon. That, I mean, what kind of ego do you have to have to be like, I'm just going to make him American? Yeah, that's that's a, another point entirely. Like, at least have the decency to let a French guy play Napoleon. Well, yeah, or, or something you know, like yeah, that. Yeah. You know? like, I don't know. Make 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 an effort with the accent. It's almost like Joaquin Phoenix is like, well, fuck you. I've got my I've got my I've got my Oscar. <laughs> Screw your accent. <laughs> like, that's actually how it felt, you know. I, I just don't understand it. Like I've never found that. They an issue slightly before. attempted with like the Russian Tsar. Yeah. Attempted with his accent. Okay, so Alexander maybe had a bit no, no, of but one. but this is it's like. It's, there's that half-hearted nature isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah. the scene cutting the, um, some of them have got proper accents some of them don't I mean it was mm-hmm. easy to have the British guys have a British accent yeah. but every, you know like yeah the Austrians being Brits I mean the Austrian was a British character was a British actor right. playing a Bros- Austrian man yeah. so um, and, and the same with quite a few of the French characters as well so there was a scene where you've got a French Josephine. guy Josephine British yeah, yeah. the scene where you've got a French guy and an Austrian from Kent <laughs> <laughs> a French and an Austrian sitting at a table going on about how much they, they hate the British in British accents both of them have the same accent they've both got British accents one's supposed to be French one's supposed to be Austrian and they're going well you know actually we're going to side with the British and the French guys going well we hate the British and they've both got British accents and you're thinking what is French about this movie yeah. <laughs> like there's nothing yeah. how have you made Napoleon so not French yeah like not just him not just the character the whole world yeah um, and, and so so I wonder is this going to be a memorable film no I've already forgotten um, <laughs> done 78 million in the first weekend in the box office which I think it's pretty good. Um, I don't think it's amazing, you know, seventy-eight million dollars as well. So I, I think it's good. It's not, I think, you know, I, I still think Creed three's done a little did better. Did better than that, I believe. Yeah, probably did. Uh, so I, I do think it's going to be like people are going to be watching this film for a few years. It's you know, it's an Apple TV. Like it'll come onto Apple TV. Mm. Millions more will watch it. And I think it's maybe be a bit of a household film for a couple of years, but. I don't think many people are going to look back on it as I feel like they should and go, "Wow, Napoleon! What a film that was!" Uh, like yeah. I, you know, they would with nineteen seventeen or um, you know even Oppenheimer this year. So I, I think when we're talking about Oscar bait, I think uh, I think Killian Murphy's on the way because mm. you've only got until we've only got until February for Oscar season. So Phoenix, I think Phoenix might lose. I was tr- I, I'd forgotten. When I was when when we went to watch this film on Friday uh, on Monday, <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking, okay, so if not Phoenix for Napoleon, who else will get the Oscar? But I think, I think Killian Murphy is going to get it for Oppenheimer. Yeah, because yeah. we're at that stage now. We're we're in December, and there's not that many movies left. Mm. I mean, you've got Wonka. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Timothy. Uh, but the thing is, right. Far more importantly than the Oscars, our own awards. <laughs> At the end of this month. 
Uh, yeah, oh yeah, God, we've got to get thinking about that. We haven't even announced that we're doing it. Um, this is the announcement. <laughs> the Green Prince Awards coming in coming in up, December. Yeah, well, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix isn't even in the in. He's not in the conversation. He's not. Neither does he movie. make category? No. For worst of the year. Ooh, or is he just? Might. Or is he like? Yeah, are we? Or is he like a forgettable? Is it just a forgettable one? Well, if, I don't know what category. We haven't decided on the categories yet. If there's a forgettable, it might. They might be in that because I think this movie won't be forgotten. Yeah, but it will be forgotten as a betrayal of Napoleon. Do you know it's it not feels, the decisive Napoleon movie? It's ended up being like a tick box exercise. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a real shame. Yeah, it didn't. I'll give it. It didn't drag for how long it was. Mm. Uh, it didn't drag. I was like. I guess invested for the most part like, and I, I guess you know the, every now and then you get another decent battle scene with like portraying a, a significant historical moment that I was interested in that sort of like tied me over got my attention again um, I think you could have stripped a lot out of this I, you know I'd have done the whole thing differently I feel like really <laughs> yeah, and we'll just end up there <laughs> <laughs>